This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, I know you guys aren't here, but my goodness, our music team is still bringing it, and Justin and MB. And just why I'm at it, I wanted to say a big thank you to all the teams and all the, the people who came and, and made this Easter production special and made it happen. Our production teams, our volunteers that came out, our media teams, all the teams that made this happen. Easter, well, Easter's different this year. It's very different. I mean, we had some things planned for you guys, it, for the kids. It was going to be awesome. Easter's always the time where we have our biggest crowds. There's always this, this buzz of activity that's in the church. You can just feel the energy when you come in. Joy and I were talking about it. This is the first Easter that we have missed in about almost four decades. Easter is different this year. We're going to be missing Easter, but don't miss Jesus. You know, thing I love about Easter is it is a story that's focused just on Jesus. And if you think about it, the world hasn't even been able to embrace that story and monetize it as much as they have Christmas. And it makes sense. I mean, babies and births and mangers are a whole lot more embraceable than crosses and death. I mean, there's Christmas gifts, but Easter gifts, well, Easter gifts, at least for me, was a semi-lame Easter basket with a hollow chocolate bunny and a bunch of marshmallow peeps and a sugar coma. And then when you think about the Easter bunny, I mean, he's a pretty much a, a second-rate uh, icon, especially compared to Santa Claus. And uh, in fact, I've heard people say over the years, boy, I remember where I was when I learned about Santa Claus. I've never heard anyone say, man, I remember where I was when I heard about the Easter Bunny. I think, I think even with the kids, it's like, whatever. And so it's, uh, wait, wait, here's this. Try this on. Real quick, name your favorite Easter song. And you can't name any of the ones you just heard. It, it doesn't come to us. It's a story about Jesus the world hasn't grabbed onto, but I tell you, it is, it, it starts off as a dark story and it winds up as a powerful story that's absolutely life-changing. That Jesus Christ, God's son, came and died a horrific death on the cross for our sins. And that he was buried in a sealed tomb and on the third day that God raised him from the dead. And he offers eternal salvation and a life with God to anyone who simply believes that story. Peter, when he was writing later to the church, said this in 1 Peter. He said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have a new birth into a, a living hope. That's what we love about Easter. And even though the crowds aren't here for Easter and people aren't here for Easter, Easter's still big in our hearts. And that's why I encourage you, don't miss Easter. You say, well, Alan, why would you even tell me to, to, not, to not miss Jesus during this Easter time? Because it's so easy for us, especially right now, to get caught up in what else is going on that you miss him. They did a, an experiment a number of years ago uh, a doctor, a wise man, he got a bunch of volunteers and he put them in separate rooms and he let them watch a, a basketball game. And he told them, now it's very important that you count all of the passes that this particular team makes in five minutes. He gave them a five minute segment. And so 
they were very focused and they were counting those passes. What Dr. Weissman didn't tell them was that right in the middle of this segment, a man dressed in a gorilla suit would come out, face the camera, beat his chest, and then run off. And here's what's interesting. When Dr. Weissman quizzed all the volunteers, the vast majority of them do not recall seeing a gorilla. All they recall, they were focused so much on, on the passes and counting the passes that they miss the gorilla that's right there in front of them. Listen, during this Easter season, don't get so focused on all the negative things that are going on that you missed God's big picture, and that's Jesus. And that happens. I want to give you four guys in the Bible today that missed Jesus. He was right there, and they missed him. The first one was Pilate, the governor of Judea, the one who had the ability to, to have Jesus freed or to crucify him. Pilate, in Matthew, the 27th chapter, we find out his story. Pilate said to them, the crowd, he was talking to the crowd, what then shall I do with Jesus who was called the Christ? And they, they all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Pilate was very conflicted about Jesus. Something in his heart told him that Jesus was completely innocent and they had delivered him over because of envy and he knew that Jesus was a just man. And he also had the power to make a choice and to choose to let Jesus go. But he gave in to the pressure, the pressure of the crowd. He didn't want a tumult, so he took the earliest route, the easiest route, and he just gave Jesus up. He missed Jesus. But he wasn't the only one. There's the thieves on the cross, one of them particularly. You know, when Jesus was crucified, he was crucified between two thieves. And one of them, as we see him respond to Jesus here in Luke, the 23rd chapter, he said, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He stand, he's, he's hanging there. He's being crucified. And he really begins to question the legitimacy of Jesus. He wasn't asking, hey, are you the Messiah? He's like, aren't you the Messiah? You could hear the scorn in his voice. And really, this was the thief, the criminal who joined with the mockers because there were people mocking and scoffing all around the throne, all around the cross. And they, he, he joined his voice with theirs. And in his pain, he lashes out at Jesus' insults. He completely missed a Savior. Or you think, well, certainly he can be excused. He, he was hanging on a cross. There's a lot of pain there. There's there's a lot of a, a pain. You, you're not thinking clearly. Yeah, we might think that, except that the thief on the other side, the thief on the other side saw something in Jesus that resonated with him, something that spoke to his heart. And he very humbly made Jesus Lord. He said, Lord, called him Lord, made him Lord and asked him for mercy. He said, Lord, he said, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom, hanging there on the cross? This thief saw a king and Jesus gave him mercy. This guy had done nothing right, but Jesus said, today you'll live with me in paradise. Here was a guy who didn't miss Jesus. 
But there are two more guys that did. These were the, the two disciples or followers of Jesus. They weren't part of the 12. They were on the road to Emmaus. And they were, they were traveling on this road. It was the third day. Jesus had been crucified. And they, and they met, they didn't know it, but they met the resurrected Jesus right on that road. Didn't even recognize him. And he asked them why they were sad. And this was their response. They spoke to him and said, we were hoping that it was he, Jesus, who was going to redeem Israel. And indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things happened. They were, they were sad because their hopes had been crushed. You see, these guys really wanted to see Jesus completely change the government around. They thought he was going to redeem Israel and bring them out of Roman rule. And once again, Israel would be restored to prominence and power. They, they were hoping that, but their hopes were disappointed. And what they didn't even realize is that Jesus did a whole lot more than just redeem Israel, purchase Israel out of Roman rule. He purchased all of mankind out of the bondage of sin and Satan and death and the grave and darkness. He did so much more, but these guys couldn't see it. Their hopes had been crushed, and yet hope himself was standing right beside them. You see, when in their sadness and in their disappointment, they missed Jesus. Four guys that missed Jesus. So when you think about that, you think, well, hey, I don't want to miss him. How do I not miss Jesus during this, this Easter season? And that's a great question. But I believe in these stories, it gives us a great way to go here because it shows us what we can do to find Jesus even in the middle of these challenging times. You see, we find Jesus when we don't give in to the pressures that are increasing the pressures all around us. You know, there is the voice of those that mock Jesus then, but you know those voices are still there now. Voices that mock Jesus, voices that, that cast doubt on him, voices that scoff, that's got the reasoners and the, and the smart people and the voice of the majority. And if you listen, if you give in to the pressure of the crowd and the pressure of the majority, you can be one of those that chooses not to follow Jesus. You can say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash my hand. And you and I, just like Pilate, we have the power to choose. We can choose. What are we going to do with Jesus? We can choose to receive him. We can choose to involve him in our life. Or we can choose to listen to the voices and walk away. But then there's not just the pressure of the voices of the crowd. There's also the increased pressures that we're dealing with now. And there's some difficult times here. And that puts pressure on people. I recently read where, where crime has gone down. Well, of course, crime has gone down. Nobody's out on the streets. So they're not giving speeding tickets and people aren't. But what they did say was domestic violence has gone up. And it's gone up because these people are on close quarters and the pressure comes. Some people respond in a way that they take the easiest path. Listen, when pressure comes your way, you have another choice. Am I going to take the easy path? And it's, if you're not careful, you can find yourself actually going back to things that you were delivered from. And during this time of pressure, you see people go back into things that they wouldn't have ever thought about doing. But hey, 
you don't have to make that choice either. You can choose to come closer to the one who understands pressure and is stronger than any pressure that's out there. You can choose Jesus. You know, they created a, an apparatus a number of years ago called a bathysphere. A bathysphere is like a, a little a mini submarine, but it was built to go extremely deep to depths that no submarine could go because it would just absolutely crush a submarine like an aluminum can. So they built this bathysphere. They made it with thick, thick steel walls and thick glass, little tiny windows, but plexiglass. It's, it's round. It's hard to maneuver, but it can go to some great depths. It can withstand great pressure. And so when they, when they put the uh, individuals in the bathysphere and they lowered them down, amazing depths. And when they cut the lights on, they had lights so they could see around them, and they looked at those tiny little windows. Do you know what they found? Bigfoot. No, no, I'm just kidding. They didn't find Bigfoot. Just want to make sure you're listening. What they found was fish. There were actually fish swimming around down there. And these weren't heavy, scaled fish. These were smooth, supple fish. And when they discovered a little bit more, what they found was these fish didn't have thick skin to keep the pressure out, but the pressure on the inside was equal to or greater than the pressure that's on the outside. And it enabled the fish to handle incredible pressure. The apostle Paul was a man who understood pressure like nobody else. He went through things that would make you either give up on Christianity or give up following Jesus, but he handled the pressure. And we get an idea of how he handled pressure when we hear him say in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What Paul was saying was this, when you choose Jesus, when you choose to connect with the one who understands pressure, he can strengthen you on the inside so that you're strong or stronger than the pressure that's coming on you from the outside. And if you'll choose him, don't miss him. He'll strengthen you. During these times of increased pressure, choose to connect with him. You know, during these times also, be careful that you don't lash out like in, in, in pain, like that thief on the cross. It, we understand the pain he was in. And, and right now, I can tell you, people are, are dealing with pain. In fact, this virus condition, has, has, if anything, it's compounded the pain that people are dealing with right now. You know, I was, Joy and I were talking about it. She gets all the prayer requests that come in. And before this virus ever hit, we were having prayer requests from people with marriage problems and finance problems and sickness. And people had problems before the virus. And so now that you've added the virus, it's just created pre-existing conditions. And, and now you've got people that are hurting because of loss, because of, of the pain of anxiety, the pain of maybe losing a job, or losing loved ones, or even if you have a loved one who's in the hospital and you can't even see them. And so there, there's pain going on right now. But pain rarely brings out the best in us. A number of years ago, Joe and I were, and the whole family, we went down to the beach. We love to go to the beach every, every summer. And so we went down to the beach. We'd gotten into our, our condo there. We had uh, unloaded everything. And we were sitting out on the porch on the, on the balcony looking at the water and I remember something just hit me. I, I, to this day, we do not know what it was. But I mean this intense pain hit me and this nausea hit me 
And I, all of a sudden, I, I look at Joy and I said, I am sick. I am real sick. And I, I start, I walk up and I'm going into the, into the bedroom. I, I'm laying down and, and Joy loves to ask questions when I'm sick. I don't want to answer questions. And she asked me one question too many and man, I snapped at her. I just like chewed, I bit her head off. And I remember she just stopped and she looked at me and she walked out of the room. Then she came back in in just a few minutes. I, I was laying down on the bed. She comes and she sits down on the bed. She said, well, she said, if you're trying to get healed from this sickness, I suggest that you start walking in love. And if you want me to take you to the emergency room, I suggest you become a whole lot nicer. And she smiled and walked out. And I repented and the Lord helped us. Although I will tell you this, when we got to the hospital and, and she was waiting there with me, they gave me one of those warm blankets, you know, they were sick, and, and Joy took it from me. So she got, she got even. But you know, pain can cause us to lash out. Pain can cause us to lash out at other people. It can cause us even to lash out at God. Or we can make another choice. We can choose to very humbly and reverently reach out to the one who understands pain and heals us of our pain. You know, the prophet Isaiah was speaking hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And in the prophet Isaiah, he talked about that Jesus would understand our pain and not only understand it, he would heal us. In Isaiah 53, it says, Surely he, Jesus, took, took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. When you make the choice to reach out to the one who can help you and to say, Lord, I, I, I am in pain. I need your help. He understands. He won't condemn. He understands. And you won't miss Jesus. But what you'll find is a healer. How do we find Jesus during these difficult times? We have to open our hearts to the hope that's with us. The hope that's right there. The hope that's in him the hope that's in, in Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people that are disappointed today. They're disappointed in how things have, have turned out for them. Maybe they had hopes that for, for people or hopes for their company, hopes for their government. People are disappointed. Listen, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, we got reasons to be disappointed. But people are, their hopes, even in themselves, They've been disappointed there as well. So what do we do when, when our hopes are, are so disappointed? We actually can learn from those two guys I talked about, the two guys that missed Jesus because of their disappointment. They did something really smart, and even in their disappointment, they did two things, and we can do those, those same two things. What they did in their disappointment was they actually listened as Jesus. They didn't know it was him. Jesus was sharing the scriptures with them. And they were receiving them. They were listening to the scriptures. They didn't know it was Jesus telling them that, but they said our, our hearts, you know they were receptive because they said our hearts were on fire. It, it lit something up in them. Oh, if I can encourage you that during this time, 
This is not the time. If you've never read your Bible, this is a great time to start. If you haven't been reading it, oh, please don't stop. This is, this is not a time to put your Bible aside because in the darkest times, and, and Joy and I have dealt with them, we've, we've seen them as a church, in the darkest times, it's been God's word, his words of hope, his words of comfort that we receive in our hearts that have made such a difference. The psalmist said, the entrance of your words give light. They give hope. And man, they bring hope into a, a difficult situation. Year after year, we've seen God's word just speak to us as we dealt with challenges with our children, with our family, with our finances, all these things. Crisis, the, the crisis, maybe, maybe not as big as the crisis we're dealing with now, but the crisis of life come to all of us, but there's hope right in the middle of it. Open your heart to his word and it, it will help you during this time. And the second thing they did was this. They invited Jesus to stay with them. You see, when they got to Emmaus, the three of them, Jesus acted like he was going to go on, but they stopped and they said, no, no. They invited him, said, no, stay with us. They constrained him, stay with us. And because they asked him, he stayed. And because he stayed, he revealed himself. In fact, as they were having dinner and they broke bread, then they saw, oh, it's Jesus. And they realized that by opening their heart, that they, that they saw something amazing as they opened their heart. Listen, you can open your heart just by invitation. We don't have to see anything. We don't have to feel anything. But now during this time at Easter, you can say, Lord, I just opened my heart. I want you to be a part of my life. Maybe he's been a part of your life. But you say, Lord, I want you to be a bigger part of my life. You make the invitation. He is more than willing to be there for that. You said Jesus spoke in, in Revelations 3.20. And I love what he said. Behold, he said, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hear my voice and open the door, he said, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He didn't say, I'm knocking down the door. I'm barging into your life. He said, I'm knocking. He didn't say if anyone perfect. He just said, if anyone will open the door, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have the right background. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And you open your heart to him. He is in there and he's in there for a relationship with you. And if you will open your door to him, you can find strength for the pressure you can find healing for the hurt. You can find a savior who can bring hope for the disappointments that are in life. You know, I, as we've been dealing with these, these weeks of not being able to have church with businesses shut down, things at social distancing, I, I, I've noticed something that the Lord has been giving me Psalms. Now, Actually, that's the biblical term for it. You, you might call them poems. But these poems keep coming up in me. And so I, I had one. I thought, oh, this, th this is a good one. It's a poem that says, I have hope. I have a hope that extends beyond this life. A hope that's not based on what I feel and see. I have a hope that's greater than my weakness and failures. That hope is in Christ. And that hopes for me. I'm telling you something. Don't miss Jesus during this time. He's got so much for you. He's got hope for you. He's got strength for you. And all you have to do is open the door and let him in. We're going to say a prayer. 
in just a moment. If you've never taken the opportunity to say, Jesus, I, I want you in my life. I want you to be the savior of my life. Or, or maybe you are like I was. I had a relationship with the Lord and I got away from him. And I realized in my heart, I knew I needed to come back. If either one of those situations apply to you, I'm, I'm encouraging you today, don't, don't miss Jesus. There's a lot of stuff going on, but he's bigger and greater than any of it. And this is a wonderful opportunity. You can click any one of the buttons that says, I said yes to Christ. You can text us if you'd like at 313131, say, I said yes to Christ. I'm going to lead you into prayer. But if that's you and you say, Alan, I want that relationship. I want Jesus in my life. I don't, I don't want to miss him. I need a risen Savior. I need someone big in me. This is a great opportunity. So take a moment and do that. And then let's, let's pray this prayer together. I'm going to lead you in it. It's a wonderful prayer. We pray this all the time. And we've had people just praying this prayer every time we've, we've had online. People are clicking online. They're praying online. It's a powerful prayer. So you can bow your heads with me. We're going to pray this. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes. To you. Now, his heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Let, let, let me pray a prayer for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for those that prayed the prayer to receive you for the very first time and those that received or have come back to Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to the cross for us. Thank you that you raised him from the dead for us. Thank you that every Easter we're reminded we have a risen Savior. And Lord, for the rest of us, thank you that this risen Savior who loves us and cares for us will strengthen us, will heal us, will can restore our hope. Thank you. Thank you that this Easter, Jesus is becoming more real to us. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.